0: Hello. Glad you could join me again. We're going to continue our series on the strong, mighty, and courageous. I thought we were getting close to the end of this series, but it keeps growing. The more I get into the Word, the bigger it gets. Well, that's the way God is. He is so big. There is so much in His Word. So much revelation. That's because it's living. It's anointed by God. If you would, turn with me. We're going to talk about a weak leader today. Eli, he was anointed by God, but he allowed things to continue without correction. And he was one of the people that uh, should have made some changes in his household, should have made some changes in his ministry, and he didn't. 1 Samuel chapter 2, hallelujah. Let's look at uh, verse 12. In my Bible, it says the wicked sons of Eli. Now, the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. They grew up in the prophet's house, the high priest's house. They had revelation knowledge that had been presented before them from their their father, Eli. But it was only head knowledge to them. It didn't get in their heart. It wasn't revelation knowledge for them. See, so Eli promoted his kids knowing this. He didn't correct them. He didn't teach them. There's too many preachers today that promote their kids because their kids are so special. Their kids have a great anointing on them. That can ruin a child by telling your child, oh, you're smarter than the other kids. Oh, you go to the special school. You go to the smart kids class, the elevated class. Ooh, you're better than them. Or, oh, you're the best baseball player that I've ever seen. You're destroying the future of your kids. You're instilling pride on them. And part of it's because you've got pride for your kids. Jesus, when he came up from the water, God said, I am well pleased with my son. God didn't say he was proud of his own son. He was well pleased with him. When you're proud of your kids, it's because you're in pride. They're your kids. Get that out of you. Get that out of them. Don't let it stay in them. They may have a special calling on their life, but if you keep speaking that over them, you're liable to destroy that on them. Put pressure on them. Put pride in them. Let them find out the will and plan of God for them. Oh, you should direct them and help them, but if you keep telling them how great they are, you're going to destroy their future. Samuel was in this situation. But we're going to talk about Eli first. See, Samuel grew up in the house of Eli as well as Eli's own sons. But it says the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. They didn't honor him. Some, like the young literal says, they were worthlessness. They didn't value God. They did not honor the things of God. Even though they grew up around it, they were so close to it that it became mundane to him, became common. They did not value it. See, he, Eli treated his kids different than he treated Samuel. Samuel was dedicated by his mother from birth to serve the Lord. Eli raised him, corrected him, told him, No, boy, you go back to bed, that's God speaking to you. You get quiet and hear from God. But he didn't correct his own sons because they were special. And as a result, his own kids were destroyed. They didn't even live out their full life. Some people say, oh, they're just kids. They're pastor's kids. They have a lot of pressure on them because they're the pastor's kids. No, if they mess up, correct them. Help them. God corrects those whom he loves. If you're not correcting your children and using that as an excuse... It's because you love yourself and you don't want them to be corrected because it makes you feel bad. Well, get a little bit of backbone. Amen? Now, you may not like this, but it's helping you. If you apply it, it's helping you. 1 Samuel 2, verse 16, it says, And if the man said to him, They should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires. He would then answer him, saying, no, but you must give it now. And it, if not, I will take it by forth. This is something that the sons of Eli were doing. They were in the temple. They were paid well. And yet they wanted more. Greed, pride. So what they were doing is they were stealing the offerings of the Lord. That's evil. Evil. It also caused the, the people giving the offerings not to desire to give offerings to God. Because... It wasn't being valued. It wasn't being honored by the priest. In verse 17, it says, Therefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. They didn't honor it, they despised it. And because of that, people despise giving because their offering was not honored. This is holy unto God. This is an evil thing. So see, basically what happened was the people of the church became like the leaders. The leaders didn't honor it, and so the church didn't. If there's things going on in your church, either correct it and evaluate why is it going on. Do I need to correct it, or is there something in me that I'm not setting the right example of holiness, of honor to the things of God? I'm not saying you've got that in your church, but I'm saying check yourself. Find out if there is something that's not in place. Amen? Well, see, they these young men needed rebuke. They needed correction. They needed removed from their positions. But that didn't happen. Let's look at Samuel, verse 18. It says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Now, this is verse 18. Verse 17 was where The sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. The men was Eli's sons. So Eli's sons are in the house, dishonoring the Lord, stealing from the Lord, stealing the offerings of the people. And in the next verse, in the same house, underneath the same priest, the same prophet, Eli, was Samuel. He ministered before the Lord, recognizing the Lord, giving honor to God. He wore an ephod. Let's look at Exodus 28:5. This is where God gave the priest direction, and it says, "They shall take the gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and the fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, artistically worked, artistically worked with the fine material." This wasn't just general work clothes where you go out and bail hay, change the oil. These are church clothes. God directed church clothes artistically woven and they were they were given this direction as the priest were supposed to wear it when they went to church when they went into the holy of holies it should have two shoulder straps joined as its two edges and so it shall be joined together they're woven band of ephod which is on it It shall be of the same workmanship, made of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven. You remember in the New Testament, basically the ephod was the Old Testament breastplate. Well, in the New Testament, the breastplate is of righteousness. God made you right. Right. This was a symbol of what Jesus did. He made us right. If we receive him as our Lord and Savior, he made us right. Well, see, Samuel wore the breastplate of the ephod. At that point in time, it was a breastplate that recognized the law. In the New Testament, it recognized the righteousness that you and I have been made. If we receive it, glory to God, the righteousness of God. You have been made right because of what Jesus did on the cross. Well, he rose from the dead. He conquered hell, the grave, for you and me to be made righteous. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, the point here is wear the proper clothes to church and honor God like Samuel did. Oh, I I wear some nice clothes to church. Not because I want to be seen. I want to honor God. I don't wear the same clothes that I go out and mow my yard with. But I do wear nice clothes. It doesn't matter what you've got. If all you've got is a pair of holy jeans, at least wash them. You can do your best. You don't have to have expensive clothes to honor God. You can honor God because God looks at the heart. You can honor God by wearing nice stuff that you've got. Not the old destroyed, run-down work clothes. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't write this. It's in the word of God of what God told his priest to wear. Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 2.23. I'm going to back up to verse 22. It says, Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Not only were they stealing money, the offerings, But as women came up, they coerced them into sex Impure stuff going on because they're the priest. They use their position to manipulate women, to sleep with women. Evil, evil stuff going on. And Eli knew about it. He had heard about it. And in verse 23, this is where Eli got off. He says, so he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons, for it is not good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. Instead of being all wimpy about it and, oh, don't do that, he should have taken out a belt and spanked their little bottoms and taken them out of their positions. Should have brought them out of their positions and not be shy about it. These people were being grievous in front of people. The whole crowd knew it. The whole congregation knew what they were doing. This is not a time to be subtle. This is a time for swift correction. Amen? They needed rebuke, And because they didn't, they died a young, early death. Don't allow that for your kids. I've seen that where parents don't correct and don't correct and don't correct. I'm not saying you be harsh with them. I'm saying you direct them in love. And because they didn't, because they were special, the kids ended up in gangs. They ended up in drugs, partying, lasciviousness, unrighteous lifestyles. Love your kids. Amen. Glory to God. Love them. Well, he did not correct his kids. Let's continue on. He babied them. Verse 25, it says, If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. They didn't listen to their father. And because of that, the Lord didn't have a choice. He had to remove them from their position because he was destroying the body. He was destroying the, the temple. He was destroying people that there was underneath them in their honor towards God. He had to remove them. See, Eli's sons had that knowledge of religious activities, not a relationship of the King of kings and Lord of lords, not a true relationship. Let's continue, continue exactly. on. In verse 25, it says, If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father. See, they had head knowledge, not a relationship, revelation knowledge of God. They had religious experience. And they were using their position in the church to not only steal, to sleep with women, to do unrighteous things, grievous activities, because they were using their position incorrectly and they should have been removed. They were doing this. In the next verse, in 1 Samuel 2.26, it says, And the child Samuel grew in stature, and in favor both with the Lord and men. He honored the things of God, and people respected him. He grew in stature. Well, if you remember Jesus, whenever he was growing up in in the New Testament, they said he grew in stature. He became a man with integrity, courageous." Mighty to the things of God. If you notice, this is verse 26. Just a few verses down, verse 30. Let's look at that. It says in verse 30, the, the second half of it. Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. When did this come forth? It came after the sons of Eli were dishonoring the things of God. Oh, we need to honor the Lord. Just praising. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. I honor you, Lord. I worship you. If you haven't done that, it's a good time to do it. To honor the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. He'll promote you. He will honor you. You honor him and he will honor you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Honor the things of God and he will honor you. I don't want to be honored by other people. I want to be honored by God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a great thing for God to honor you. Let's continue on. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 13. It says, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. God judged the house of Eli, who was a prophet of God, a high priest. Judged his whole family because he did not correct his children. Oh, what a dangerous situation to have your kids not being corrected, but be allowed to do evil things in the house of God. <clears throat> he did not restrain them. God judged them for it. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Thank you, Father. Father. Hallelujah. Well, Samuel was raised up. He ended up becoming a priest, a prophet of the things of God. But see, he was a different man than than Eli. He grew up in the house. Eli taught him stuff and he grew in stature. Let's take a deeper look at Samuel and his life as he grew, his kids, and some of the same situations that Eli dealt with. But we're also going to look at Samuel and how he dealt with Saul. In First Samuel chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Evil. As a result, in verse 6, it says, But this thing displeased Samuel. What displeased him? Because of what was going on with the children, the judges, the people asked for a king. And he was grieved over it. He knew that God didn't want them to be led by a king. God wanted to lead his people. But the people, because of these judges being wrong, they asked for a king. It says, But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. See, Samuel knew how grievous this was and how this could really affect a nation. See, the nation went from being a theocracy a theological God-led nation to demanding a king so that it's a kingdom, the domain of his reign by one man. In the United States, we've got a democratic nation. Some states are republics, like the Republic of Texas. They're better than a dictatorship, but it's not as good as what God had ordained here as a God-led, theological-led nation a theocracy. Because of that in a situation where Samuel's kids did not judge righteously, they became a king-led nation. And so God raised up a king. He raised up Saul and put Saul, he anointed Saul as king. What an honorable thing for a man to be raised up to be a king. Well, see, over time, King Saul gotten pride he was instructed by god to go to against king agag one of his enemies wipe him out wipe out and kill out all their animals that had been dedicated to the things of of evil um, gods wipe out the kid because they had already been brought up to be hateful terrorists so to go wipe them out keep, make the whole place clean the word says be holy for i am holy King Saul was smarter than God in his mind. He went out, went to battle, but he kept King Agag alive. He killed everything that he didn't want, but the best sheep, cattle, oxen, best things that, were, that they had, he brought them back. And then he came and says, Look, I did what God had told me to do. I kept the word of the Lord. That was a lie. In verse 13 of, of this chapter, he flat out lied. He said, Then Samuel went to Saul. And Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Saul lied to the prophet. Don't lie to a prophet. He'd already heard from God to go take care of something. And he lied to him. In verse 15, And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites. He's trying to blame his staff. Well, you remember Adam and Eve? Well, Adam says, it's that woman you gave me. No, be the head of your house. Step up. Yep, I allowed it in my house. I shouldn't have. But instead, he tried to blame it on the Amalekites, on on his people, that they allowed some of the Amalekites to, to live. But then he goes on after that. And it says, And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. So the people brought back the best, but we utterly destroyed them. He's trying to say, I did my part. They brought them back. That was a lie. He's the king. He brought them back. He was trying to be prideful. Look, I did my part. They didn't do theirs. He's trying to save face. He's lying. He's manipulating. He's throwing his people under the bus for something that he did. Oh, mercy. He blamed the people. But see, Samuel had heard from God. He knew what had happened. In verse 16, it says, Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. Well, verse 17, we find out that Saul lost his place because he led the people and uh, he lied about it. He didn't repent. If he would have repented, this could have ended up in a complete different situation. But because of his pride, he lost his place. We'll see if Eli would have handled his kids the same way that Saul was handled by Samuel when this evil stuff was going on. Eli's kids probably would have lived and still been in a situation where they could have been in the house of God. And yet they died early. This type of grievous evil activity needs to be dealt with swiftly. Don't allow it going on in your house. Don't allow it going on in your church. I know people that their kids are 28 years old. They're doing grievous things. And the people have a sign at their front door. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But their kids are not going to church. They're doing evil things. But yet they're buying them nice cars. Kids aren't working. They're concerned about their kids and what they may do. Well, they need to be kicked out. Either as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord or we're not. You're dishonoring the things of God. Yeah, I may be upsetting you. But if it helps you and keeps your kids from dying young, glory to God, you can be upset with me. I'm fine with that if it saves your kids from eternal damnation. It's my heart and desire to see you and your kids serve God. God has plans to prosper you, has plans to prosper them, but we must honor the things of God. Amen? If they're off... Call me. I'll pray with you. I'll hook my faith with you. Me and my wife will join our faith with you for them to come up. But you probably need to make changes in your house for that to happen. You probably know some of the changes you need to make, but you aren't willing to do it. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Mom. You know you need to make some changes and stop allowing them. Yes, sir. That's you too. Change it. Put a stop to it. You're going to be upset. But it could save their life. They will end up respecting you. Amen. More importantly they'll respect the things of God. Glory to God they'll have eternal life. We'll see. In verse 22 Samuel said. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices. As in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold to obey is better than sacrifice. So they brought back these sheep Oh, we're going to sacrifice it. God didn't care about that sacrifice. He needed their obedience. Verse 23, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He has also rejected you for being king. Because of this, Saul lost his God-ordained, anointed position as king. Don't allow that for you. Correct it. Change it. Repent. Get right with God and go forward and fulfill the call of God on your life. Amen? Because He's got plans to prosper you. He's merciful. Just repent. Glory to God. Well, this is Mike Kennedy. Have a blessed day. Stay hooked with me. We're going to continue on with some of the things that Samuel did later on in life as well as what happened with Saul after Saul was removed with King David and how King David honored things of God. Yeah, he made some mistakes, but he was a man after God's own heart. Amen? Well, you have a blessed day. I believe that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. I receive Him as my Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you for your mercy your grace, and your love. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I believe that I will have eternal life in heaven with you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Additional teachings like this one by Mike Cannaday are available on CD, free of charge, and sent postage paid. Also, you can download this message and many others from our website at www.fqmin.org. To learn more about Mike and Shera Canada and the vision for Final Quest Ministries, you can contact them through their website or write to Final Quest Ministries, P.O. Box 20305, Bradenton, Florida, 34204 or call 417-459-8900.